Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We're telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting, as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. And that is why, with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support, whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, setting us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Welcome to episode 17 of Montana Voices. And normally we go through our business here, but we are condensing that. And pretty much on any platform you're on, you can just search for Montana Voices Podcast. And you will find either our YouTube, our direct webpage, your Facebook, Twitter, or etc. And it'll all be listed right there. But for Gmail, it's going to be montanavoices at gmail.com. If you're listening to this right now, you've already looked us up and found us. Well, let's uh, dive right into uh, sort of a recant of last week's issues. Uh, we discussed a number of the legislature works. And... I know it seems like these podcasts are getting legislature heavy, and there's a reason for that. Legislature meets for 90 days out of the year, so another you know couple months and uh, we'll be in hiatus and be discussing all the, the varied issues we do. So uh, we discussed uh, firework taxes, uh, and that is uh, not yet, uh, it, it has come back with amendments and it will be back again in April, and with a lot of the bills that we covered the last time, such as rate kits, uh, uh, including dumb bills like cowboy days and dog ownership and et cetera, that uh, th- a lot of those are coming back. They're uh, gone through their first committee and uh, they're going to be back with revisions to the committee where there will be more discussion on it. And then eventually a floor vote, which will be, we'll be keeping you updated as we get there. A lot of legislative uh, goodness going on around here. Um, I feel it's good though that we key in on some of these things. I know I'm not, fully knowledgeable on a lot of this stuff so it gives me a chance to dive back into it and get more of a feel for a lot of it and i know for a fact that a lot of our friends uh who get really really riled up about a lot of this stuff probably don't have a really good grasp on how a lot of it works so i feel like we're doing them a service by doing this uh, I think so as well, and I, and we're doing a service to ourselves by researching and understanding how this works for ourselves, because we are, uh, I guess the layman is the best term to use for that. Um, we both went to school all of our lives in uh, Montana, never went out of state for uh, primary, secondary, or et cetera, uh, and yet uh, I, I'm not sure if I took a Montana legislative, Montana courts, anything other than Montana history, which I think was required in, in high school, um, anything that actually walked through these things? Yeah, uh, you were required to take Montana government. They actually do call it Montana. I think they call it Montana government in uh, high school. But for us, I recall specifically that they made us watch smoke signals. So um, just to give you a baseline. Is smoke signals even in Montana? No. 
Um, <laughs> is that Native American <laughs> studies you're thinking of? Uh, no, not even, not even close. In fact, it, looking back, that whole that class was kind of cringeworthy for that specific reason. But uh, other than that, though, I, I did take another government class that was led by Mr. Anderson. I forget the guy's first name, but Mr. Anderson at Great Falls High, and he went really in-depth, more so than what the curriculum required him to, I think. And so that was pretty insightful. Which apparently is not much if you take some of these, uh, especially Native Native American studies. um, I think it's just one course in high school and another one in uh, college if you go to college. Um, So less than a year of education on on that topic, which is... uh, Pretty important to Montana, as you might know. I didn't even know about that, to be honest with you, Jim. That's pretty sickening. An entire, like, people, essentially, condensed down into a year of teaching. And that's if you go to college. You can get that other semester of Native American. Um, I had to take it in college. I assume you did as well. I thought it was required, but... No. Really? Yeah, no. I took English and math. And then all the classes that were, like, pertinent to my degree. And that was it. I didn't touch anything for history after high school. Oh, man. Well, if you're... uh, So, uh, go vocational tech. If you're like me and go to uh, some six years of college uh, not knowing exactly what you want to do, I guess you take some of these courses (laughs) that you you don't have to. So, that's, uh, yeah, pretty... uh, Pretty interesting that you don't have to take that. Uh, like I said, that is very pertinent to Montana. And, of course, those classes are never taught by anybody that's native, which is furthermore interesting, uh, which is why there's some bills going through or, the, or uh, will be going through. Um, a couple of them are extending the Indian language preservation. We discussed that last week. Uh, uh, Cultural Integrity Act's coming through. I think that's through committee, so we'll get a floor vote at some point. Medial English. And I was excited about the brewery and buying coal strip, but uh, I guess we'll return to those uh, when we have more news on them. Cole Strip, that fight is not over yet, I don't think. So, uh, we'll be coming back around to that. Yeah, absolutely. And a new bill, and I, I didn't put this on the docket because uh, I didn't have, I have not read through the bill yet. Um, there is a bill where we're, uh, I guess, for the sake of shaming the federal government, because I don't know if you remember a couple years ago with uh, Cole Strip, uh, apparently Montana has a third of the coal reserves for the country. Um, I got that off the Montana Free wow. Press. So, pretty impressive there. A third but- of the coal reserves. You got that off of Wikipedia, you said. That's, inf- in re- that's very fascinating. Um, I, uh, a third is a hefty amount. I didn't realize that we were living in coal country that much. They really uh, play up Appalachia to be uh, King Coal over there, you know. But here we've been sitting along on it. I guess that's why they call this place God's country, but uh, maybe we should not touch that. Well, there. <laughs> And uh, during the Obama administration, um, Montana was essentially blocked a, how do I say it, was a port of exit, I believe, so we could not directly sell our coal to uh, foreign countries that want them. So now that, uh, you know, there's there's a new head honcho here, um, Montana's going to sign a bill which basically is going to challenge the federal government on that, open up the pathway towards some legal battles on that subject, and hopefully, or possibly, get that port opened up um so it would be of course carried by rail of course uh warren buffett i have a feeling is all for this um to the <laughs> to the west coast where it'll be uh shipped uh international 
Wow. Well, yeah, that's a weird spot, you know, with Warren Buffett uh, in charge of the rail line like that, given how, like, left-leaning he is. So, but this, this brings up a crazy scenario, you know. I mean, we know that uh, Trump Jr., and really the whole Trump family is the thing about vacationing in Montana. Uh, you know, when, when all this is said and done, I wonder if uh, they're going to try and set up shop here in Montana and uh, become a new coal empire of sorts. Uh, we can bring back the copper barons or the copper kings, as we call them, as we discussed in a previous episode. We could uh, let them duke it out for coal strip, uh, which we uh, Montana may or may not buy. Um, so far, we're House Bill 203, which we discussed in the last cast, is... Um, has not been voted on yet. Uh, we'll update you when it does happen. But that opens up the possibility that we could buy a soul strip. Doesn't require us to, but could make it a possibility. We want a new roof. Well, we need <laughs> we need a new everything at this point. So that's uh. Yeah. So um, I will say around Coal Strip though, they do have a pretty nice lawns. Uh, I imagine that they have pretty strict city codes on that. But um, looks nice. So it'll be uh, ready, ready to sell. Yeah, ready, I assume ready to sell. It'll be uh, you know Trump Coal One or whatever they call it. So, um, well, new issues. Last week we did ask the question of what is Zinke doing, and uh, we got our answer. He was back in the news again. Where he's a uh, uh, a new Bitcoin or blockchain mogul or a spokesman for a blockchain company. Yeah, this place called Artillery One. Um, it sounds like some subsidiary of uh, Stark Industries at face value here, but when you look into it there, it does look like they are an investment firm that uh, does heavily with digital currency. Uh, core areas are cybersecurity, it says, energy, financial technology, and digital currency. So, so short uh, they're of... They're going to hack your shit, steal it all, and then upload it to the cloud. So short of uh, energy, which is something that Zinke, you know might know something about uh, being of course, from the interior, of course, but other things, cybersecurity, blockchain, these are not, weren't really his forte. So I'm surprised to see him. Uh, uh, he's just a spokesman. I'm not sure what he's doing there exactly. I'm also not sure exactly what this company does. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to look him up. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they got some other spots in that office open right now. And we could, uh, you know, jump ship. Toss in, t- top in, toss in a resume there. Be, be working in the same office with them. Uh, I think it was Vice News that followed him around. KTVQ, uh, that's uh, Q2 out of Billings. Um, I guess linked to a, or one of the articles we found was from Vice, and KTVQ just had a short blurb on it. But it appears they actually did some reporting on it and asked the questions, you know, what are you doing here? And uh, <laughs> none of it really made a whole lot of sense. So it kind of feels like a, you know, Remember a dot-com busting company back in the 2000s when there were, everybody and their dog had a dot-com company that um, had funding from somewhere and seemed to do something but really didn't do anything? I'm sure he's selling, uh, I don't know, Artillery One tells me that he's probably selling arms to somebody. So He's the know, new uh, I, Lord of War or God of War. Uh, Nick Cage it, would be jealous. <laughs> exactly, you know. Um we're going into 
straight into action movie territory here. If we ever find out exactly what Artillery do One, the blockchain company with a military-inspired name, does, we will <laughs> we'll let you know that as well. But as everyone appears to be in dark, uh, including Vice or, or whatever, but I have a feeling Zinke's getting a paycheck either way, so... Yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, best of luck. I'm sure he will be fine. Uh, moving on. Like, uh, I, yeah, let's, I mean, that's a Montana issue, but this, he was in China or somewhere of, in Asia, but we'll. I get tired of talking about the Grinch after Christmas. <laughs> so, legislature pay. Um, one thing uh, before we, we dive into this, apparently we're paying our legislatures considerably less than what neighboring states are um, by an order of nearly 50%, like 90 eight dollars and some change a day um for, while the legislature's in session and of course it's a 90-day session so but sort of um i guess opens it up for people that are at least entrepreneurs or at least have some flexibility um like for people like me and you i, I can't just leave my day job you know for 90 days to go legislate and in, in helena and then then come back so uh, maybe set up for for farmers and whatever but uh that a part of it I do like, that it is really a citizen's legislature. Um, so they're looking to up that pay, or this guy is looking to up that pay, uh, to 150 a day, which is close to neighboring states. Oof. Jeez. But it's only for 90 days, so... Oh, but then after that it'll go back down? No, no, it's only for the 90 days while they're in session. This is Scott Seals from Bozeman that's... Uh, proposing this so only the time that the legislature is in session so for the you know spring summer that they're in that part of the year and then they can go back to harvest or you know whatever a lot of these people do so hmm. and voting for a pay increase for yourself is never popular yeah no that's exactly what this sounds like too um geez this guy seems to have a lot of great ideas for this money here um uh, I'm sure his other uh, great hits include uh, welfare for the poor and uh, food for the needy, right? Uh, well, he's a Republican from Bozeman, so um, ah, no. <laughs> so what else has he tried to do with our money then? Um, uh, he's the sales tax guy. I don't know if you remember from, I think, a couple sales of... Sales tax? Yep, he's the guy that wanted to bring the sales tax in. They really should vote no on everything this guy puts in place now. Um, well, they, they sound, might have to on principle, so... Sounds like a communist in, in, in Republican clothing. I thought we were very clear on taxation being theft here. It's theft, yeah. As I say, he's trying to steal. That's what it sounds like. Speaking of stealing, uh, sales... Um, <laughs> you know, we could joke that he's trying to do this because he may have money problems at home, but back in 2012... It was sort of a debacle. It was not him who was doing any wrongdoing. Apparently his wife, um, it sounds like, was convicted or, or no, she pleaded guilty to embezzling from her mother to the tune of some $20,000. Uh, and uh, he was very clear that uh, his wife's uh, dealings uh, don't affect his, uh, his ability to, this misunderstanding, quotation marks, doesn't affect his ability to uh, legislate. So he ran again and apparently the fine people of Bozeman were completely fine with this bozeman uh also highest per capita white claw seltzer drinkers out of anywhere in the world so and they may have the highest capita in montana non-native population uh maybe challenged by kalispell or white especially whitefish uh, i'll have to run the get the numbers on that if they're available 
so. potentially, but like Bozeman, I don't know. Bozeman's still fairly diverse because it's a you know college town, but when you're there, it definitely has this like whiteness feel to it that you don't get in Bozeman. Uh, when you go to Bozeman, you know you're in an art town, you know. But when you go, I mean, I'm sorry, when you go to Missoula, you know you're in a art town. But uh, Bozeman, it's completely different. It is. It has a almost an upscale feel to everything. So that's too upscale. Too uh, that's not very Montanan, if you ask me. So yeah, no, they they <laughs> it's a place that would want a sales tax. I tell you that. They are also apparently want Scott Sales, Republican, uh, to to represent them, and he's okay with these ideas like a sales tax, and of course, uh, boosting his own pay, uh, maybe because of money problems or, or whatnot. So, if you run the math on this, um, even at the hundred fifty dollars that they want to pay him for ninety days, if that's your, your only job, that's uh, less than me and you make, and not enough to feed a family. You're also only working three months out of the year, and I don't know. What sort of employment outside of farming you might be able to get? And when I say employment, like, you know, collecting a paycheck and, you know, punching in, punching out or a salary or whatnot, where you could leave for three months out of the year and come back. So a lot of these people, uh, like, I don't know what Scott Sales does with the rest of his time or what a lot of these other people do short of farming, which uh, a lot of the really rural ones do. Conveniently, our legislature is uh, ends before harvest. So <laughs> that they started out right. So, it's not enough to make a living off of, so we do not have any uh, career politicians, per se, um, but they're they're doing something, and that's, of course, worth looking at, and including what Mr. Scott Sales is doing for money the rest of his time. Well, you know, I thank you for your elected service, sir, um, for sure. You know, you, you keep saying this, but all I keep hearing is Bozeman, and I think he's probably doing just fine. Yeah, lives in Bozeman, uh, knows people, he, yeah, maybe some consulting or... I mean, then again, like, I know a lot of people that are in the Bozeman area that, like, it's, it sucks just because it's, like, everything is expensive because it is such a rich area. So who knows? He could be doing this out of the kindness of his heart, or not the kindness of his heart necessarily, but he might be really into politics just because, and um, he takes that hit uh, and just happens to live in Bozeman. Uh, most people think you would, like, move to another area if that were the case, but who knows? Well, you have to live in the district you're representing. So if you're elected to House District, uh, whatever number Bozeman he's from, you have to have a residence there. It's not like he can uh, move to somewhere affordable. So if these... Uh, well, what else is going well, on um, here? A cell phone ban that appears to pick on teen drivers. Uh, this is coming out of Great Falls, um, which, of course, is one of the towns that does have a cell phone ban. I think uh, every town does, uh, including Missoula, I this one wants to specifically fine minors for texting and driving, which is interesting. This is Great Falls Republican Fred Anderson. Anyone under the age of 18, which I'm... Oh, Fred Anderson, come on, man. Uh, ah, he's my old uh, principal. Doesn't he uh, represent uh, your house district? Maybe you should uh, give him a ring there. I should tell him to, like, put his time and effort into something worthwhile. Like, you know, this is all because they had some kid, uh, like, die while texting and driving, so they feel that like making it all illegal and throwing a bunch of ridiculous fines at other kids will keep them from doing uh, I don't, it. I don't think it is. Uh, will. Uh. No. Oh my god. Not when you have like all of their parents doing it. No. They're, the, everyone's going to keep texting and driving. And If you're at a stoplight, you got nothing to do. You're going to text. So this bill has been it's being drafted. He's, he's sponsored a bill. And I think I should back up and explain how our 
something about how the process works. With citizens legislature, in a lot of other places, you don't have that. So you, these bills need to be written up in legalese because that it's becoming a law. So it needs to be written in, in legal terms. Um, so in a lot of other, you know, more metropolis places, uh, non-tanas as we'll call it, it's usually a lot of lawyers that get involved in politics. Uh, not the case in Montana. So there's actually um, aides and people that write bills. So Mr. Fred Anderson requests a bill. A uh, poor guy that's probably making barely above minimum wage and uh, just out of college gets to write the bill. He gets to, and he's an unemployee. He's not elected. He writes the bill out and then it goes to committee and then it probably comes back for revisions and then eventually gets to the floor for a vote or not. So this is very early. We'll probably not go anywhere because most everywhere has a, a law on this already. I guess this is going to make it statewide, but only for minors, which is interesting. I would like to point out that I remember specifically he got pulled over for speeding in a school zone once. Do point that out. Uh, you're not helping your case for him answering your phone call, so that's see if you can get him on I, the cast uh, here, Bryce. <laughs> in fact, I mean, to an extent, that should be public records. Like, I would like to go back to the books on that and say, okay, well, if you want this ban in place, um, clearly, like, you're, oh, he'd say, like, oh, I, I feel like I should have been fine too and stuff and then i'll have to look back for it like oh but it looks like you got it deferred so you wanted it off your record who knows if it's deferred you can't even find it on people's records so either way uh massive eye roll on uh you mr fred anderson for that such a stupid and move that's is interesting there, it, it's we, not we talked work. about the uh it being challenged on the supreme court ironically from a uh out of great falls from a charge in great falls it's going up to the supreme court on the constitutionality of the um, cell phone ban, specifically in Great Falls. Weird that he would propose another cell phone ban that specifically targets a group of people, which would be teenagers. So, yeah, I just don't, don't even understand the logic. Is this a waste of everybody's time here, maybe? It's only ageism if they uh, refuse to take my AARP card at Denny's. But... If I want to find this 15 or 16 year old for texting at a stop sign, well, that's not ageism. Um, this bill is not going to go anywhere. And speaking of things that uh, aren't going to happen, Tester is not going to be on Bill Maher. Ah! So he. he ah! And uh, we got into it late and we haven't gotten any info from the Tester camp on this. But John Tester was listed on the uh, promo materials for. Uh, uh, whatever Bill Maher calls his show nowadays, last not last week, <laughs> I forget. Real, real is time. it still real time or is it overtime? Did they? It's fuck. It feels like overtime every time I have to watch this shit. Well, but, I, um, he was going to be on with Ann Coulter, and I was really looking forward to him just oh, do, looking God, over the yeah, glasses at just, her and finally someone to just like yeah peer over the glasses and like you know what Ann, do you even know how to read? And then just go off from there, you know. Uh, yeah. The, I remember one specific time, the last time, well, I don't think it was the last time. She's been on the show quite a bit, Ann Coulter, but there's one time. Well, she's got she's got bills to pay. He, oh, yeah. No, I mean, she'll show up and make a fool of herself on any network if it's uh, got a big enough check. But Yeah, money spends the same. That's uh, There was one specifically where she showed up on his show, and she was talking about how uh, the U.S. was currently at war with Egypt. And Ben Affleck... Uh, Man, you could see like the the stupidity just blindside him, uh, and immediately him and Bill Maher are like, well, we're 
we've never been at war with Egypt. What are you talking about? And then it's funny that she she can say shit like that, but and and still have a career. I mean, she's yeah, specifically as a political commentator. It's like, man, you've like said outright, completely and blatantly false statements about things that you you as a political commentator with that as your career should probably know about. You know, well, specifically who we're at war with. Like that seems like a big one, doesn't it? Well, that's uh, hard to keep track of on any given day. So we're out of Libya. We're out of Syria. We're or, or, went back into somewhere. So if, yeah, it's hard to keep track of. But it was never Egypt. Yeah, no. Uh, and that's the thing. Or Saudi Arabia. We're we're pretty cozy with those guys. Yeah, they're the oil Arabs. They're cool. Yeah, ironically, they have reserves of oil. Uh, that uh, sort of really worked out for us. My enemy's enemy is my friend, so uh, Tester and Bill Maher have a, um, or not Bill Maher, but Tester and uh, Ann Coulter have a like opponent in this case. Uh, it appears that she's been one of the camps that has completely flipped on the president regarding his uh, reopening the government uh, this last uh, couple days. Yeah, so. but in the sense of like, uh, you know, um, the people that don't like Trump because he uh, is too cozied up with Jared Kushner. Well, they should uh, just get rid of Jared Kushner. I'm not sure. Uh, it, it was one of the appo- one of the many appointments I thought was ridiculous. No doubt. You're, you're going to appoint all of your family? Really? But uh, what I mean more so is the people who were like, wow, uh, I can't believe that he would do such a bonehead move. I mean, Kushner's a Jew. And I feel like... Uh, well, that's what we're getting Yeah, exactly. At here, so. And I feel like Ann Coulter's group altogether is turning on the president for more of that reason because she still will not let this wall thing go. And um, she keeps throwing out these really weird, um, I guess, like scenarios, I guess you could call it, uh, metaphors for things. She does it all the time, like anytime she goes on the air and she'll make like these really broad, um, like, terminology comparisons. And it... It's almost like she's trying to make herself seem smart by doing it, but man, she just seems stupid each time. I'll agree with you on that there. So, yeah, well, I'm kind of glad he didn't. Now, I do not have to watch Bill Maher on TV, so um, we got that going for us. And I'm not sure why Tester would voluntarily go on this show. Um, (laughs) Maybe he didn't know about it, and when he found out, that's why it got canceled. And it's like, what is this overtime show that I'm on? Oh, that guy. Oh. <laughs> Looked it up on YouTube and, oh, no, I thought you guys said last week with John Oliver. No, I'm not going on yeah. with that other asshole. He said the N-word, remember? No, cancel it. Uh, he did. And speaking of canceling, uh, I don't know if you recall how we lost his uh, show on ABC back when he was on, uh, not primetime, but I think he was on after one of the late night Oh, yeah, guys. he was, was on his, like... Uh, Ed, Edgelord Supreme with uh, Bill Maher, some bullshit like that. But yeah, no, he essentially, it was back when that teacher got arrested for uh, fucking the kid. And then he's like, see, I, I don't see what the problem is, you know? I mean, most of the time they should be like, hell yeah, kid, you know? Because it was like a boy instead of a girl that was uh, banging the teacher. And Disgusting. Yeah, still, uh, still regardless, way. like, yeah, Bill, uh, Bill, no, Bill, that's illegal. And... Um, well, that's not why he lost that ABC oh, show. Really? Um, uh, no, no. Uh, he lost it shortly after 9-11, where he made a comment that um, um, 
it, I think it was a number of months, so not immediately after. Um, uh, something to the effect that, uh, you know, sitting in front of a computer and flying a drone is not courage. Um, hijacking a plane and flying into a building is courage, or something to that effect. And uh, it did not sit well with um, anyone. So um, he lost his show, and I unfortunately got it back. Uh, why do we still listen to Bill Maher? Say, how did he get it back? He's such a just prick in the first place. Like, he's not even funny ever, you know? I mean, no, it's just Louis C.K. is at least funny. Um, just as a <laughs> disgusting, a bit, but yeah, funny. He's just a weirdo, you know. But now we know all those uncomfortable uh, masturbation jokes he made. Indeed. Like, now <laughs> Bill Maher, on the other hand, he's just a creep. So agreed. So I, I'm not sure, um, you know, who thought that Tester should be on that show, other than Bill Maher, of course. Um, but who in the Tester camp thought that was a good idea? Is uh, that is beyond me. I mean, if there's quality comedy shows that aren't run by dicks that uh, I'm sure would love to take you, like you mentioned last week tonight, or any of these other folks. So, Yeah, geez. I mean, I appreciate you walking into the lion's den. I mean, I didn't see who else was on there other than Ann Coulter, but, I mean... Uh, they had some uh, reporters and Ann Coulter, but uh, <laughs> they... Um, to be clear, they updated the promo material, and Tester is no longer on it, so he will not be on Bill Maher. And thank goodness, because uh, nothing good can come from that. Yeah. Uh, remember, everyone, he said the N-word just recently and uh, tried to really shove it back into the shadows. They're like, it was no big deal, but it's... <laughs> Bill, you cannot say that. Uh, and he should really be a part of history. I feel the same way about Howard Stern. Um, when he, you know, first came out in the '90s and was pushing the envelope, being the shock jock. I mean, he actually, you know, changed radio at one point. But listen to him now. I mean, and, and granted, even listen to his old clips. I was like, when I was a teenager, I used to like to hear about naked girls on the radio because <laughs> they used to do like a things where they'd have people get naked in the studio. I was like, well, what good does this do? But they're still doing that, and Howard Stern should, uh, I wouldn't say go away, I just don't see what value he can possibly offer you know, 20 years after his prime. It just seems like more of a sleazy version of Oprah anymore, you know? Like a, like a, oh. like a Dr. Phil that you'd meet at the loading zone. He still somehow brings in the listens, so... Yeah, well, it's that's just because he's a really good interviewer. Like, he, um... I'm trying to think. He was on the uh, David Letterman's got a show on Netflix, and one of the episodes was uh, like he sat down and did an interview with um, Howard Stern, and they go into in depth on like how they both do interviews on people and stuff, and it was uh, pretty interesting to hear about the way he does all of that. So that's why I think that he is such a big presence now. You know, on top of everything that he did to get it where it is now. Well, I only remember him for the garbage, so maybe that's uh, only the service and I'm, you know, missing the roots. Yeah, well, I don't know. I never really listened to him too much back in the day. I was not big on the radio, but either way, uh, point again, fuck Bill Maher. Moving on. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, we're going to um, skip a topic. We'll get back to that uh, thing about drinking. Um, but speaking of interviewing... Um, Gene Forte, uh, he's backing up on the wall. He's backing up President Trump. Um, he was on NBC Montana where he had an interview where it appears they asked him absolutely no tough question. Uh, it feels like this entire thing was, you know, canned. Like, Gene Forte gave him a list of questions he wants to be asked. Um, didn't challenge him 
I wouldn't say challenge him, but didn't. Uh, also, don't want to say interrogate. But when you have somebody in an interview, you want to, you know, at least give them a little bit of opposition because there's certainly a lot of people in the no wall camp. Um, but NBC Montana absolutely failed to do that. So I'm wagging a finger at them for not doing anything that resembles journalism. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if they are owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, but that would definitely be a clear sign of that if they were to uh, side completely with Gene Forte. Uh, he has, a, from what I've seen, a tendency in general to do a lot of sidestepping, and anytime people ask him questions that are directly about something that, you know, like, um, did you body slam that person? And he has this way about himself where he will uh, almost like talk a question uh, to reiterate his last answer that he gave you for a previous question he answered. And it really comes off, um, I don't know, it makes him seem like an asshole to me, but... Well, he might actually be one, because I don't know if you remembered, but he body Yeah, he threw that guy into the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Greg the body. Ah, jeez. Well, it's not even that long of a read. It's from NBCMontana.com. Gene Forte talks about border security. And it's all just canned talking points, pretty much. There's no reason to read it. And NBC Montana is, uh, you know, I'll have to research, we will have to research, um, who owns them, if that isn't Sinclair. But I know they have a set of reporters, and they're just basically factory reporters. So NBC Montana, they do a Great Falls show, then they do a Bozeman show, uh, they do a Missoula, and then they do one for the Highline, I think. So it's these same reporters, and if I just remember being surprised. I end up in some small town, and I'm seeing local news from the same reporters that I see in, in my town. So they're more of a, I guess, a news factory, but they're... Uh, I can see why they don't have the time to uh, ask any real questions. So, yeah, I'll have to check into this. It's um, I don't know. They're NBC. Like I don't think that they have a show out of Great Falls for, anymore. They used to, I know, when back when it was like Beartooth. Is it just out of uh, yeah, Helena? I think it might be based out of Helena. But um, either way, like all of our. Stations are owned usually by an outside corporation like that, so that's nothing new. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You can definitely tell when they're oh, towing I'm... the line like that. Uh, speaking of towing the line, um, I just pulled them up on Wikipedia, and the owner is Sinclair oh, Broadcast Group. well. They also own MeTV, so if you want to watch an old Western, um, you are supporting Sinclair. Yeah, that, that would explain wholeheartedly why that uh, was such a bullshit article that you pulled up for that then. Because um, it was written by his fan club, essentially. Well, this is, uh, well, a lot of bad news on this cast. Uh, we need to find something uh, <laughs> a positive note to end on. It's driving me to drink, um, but unfortunately I cannot do it at the sluice boxes anymore. Ah, son of a gun. That's uh, disappointing. Um, so... Uh, to say again, to reiterate what he just said there, everybody, you can no longer do your drinking at the sluice boxes. Uh, they've had a big problem there at, with... As of March 1st, get it in there. Get, get it in early. In early so. March 1st, they've had too many issues with, um, I believe, just injuries in general and just emergency situations that usually do are due to drunk people out there. And then on top of that, there's been a lot of littering. 
uh, which I got to say, like when I was out there with my family this summer, I saw some of that too, which pissed me off. But it seems like there's more specifically a lot of like alcohol related littering. So they're just going to put the kibosh on it all. So if you are going to go out to sluice boxes and you plan on getting the smashed, do so before you get there. While driving, Bryce? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to leave that the way it was, and um, you really shouldn't drive and drink. So, Always have a designated driver. Do not forget Montana's open container law. You cannot have an open uh, container in the vehicle, even if you are not drinking it. Um, for the rest of the state that's not familiar, Sluice Box is a little bit outside of Monarch, or on the way to Monarch from Great Falls. About 20 miles from Monarch, I think, if I'm thinking right. So Something it's uh, that. And it's a beautiful place, but it's uh, very highly used. It's uh, uh, everybody's swimming hole, and it's it's always crowded. So, you know, maybe banded draping. And it is a state park as well. Um, I know a couple, yeah, it would have been a couple years now, there was another swimming hole inside of Great Falls, uh, affectionately called Party Island on the Missouri, that uh, just got completely shut down because of these same issues. Well, I didn't know about Party Island. That sounds pretty wild. Uh, well, you you can't go there anymore, unfortunately. Um, ah, well, I suppose by boat, but uh, you know these these people don't have boats. Uh, or I, I always assume it's the trash that are one that are drinking and causing a ruckus on a on a riverside. But jeez, well, what else do we got going on? I, I thought it was pretty concerning that some uh, joint rules are coming through, and the joint rules are, are pertaining to how the Senate and the Congress uh, act and how they they function. So uh, this one, of course, uh, unfortunately, I know you're not going to like this, but it Wikipedia. is from the, Mo the Montana Free Press. Is uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't link them if that makes you happen. It's, uh, but as I mentioned previously, uh, when a bill is drafted, it's written by, you know, I don't know if they're interns or if they're actually paid, but you know, some underpaid or just maybe even unpaid person who has a legal background. So the bill, you know, reaches a level of scrutiny that you wouldn't get from a farmer in Malta, basically. And then it goes to committee and et cetera. However, they, when they write the bill, they do have the option of putting some legalese in it. Uh, it's almost a rider to it that says, hey, we wrote the bill exactly like you wanted, but here are some of the legal issues that could happen with the bill. Um, so the uh, legislature, specifically the, uh, that would be the Senate, uh, so it's going to go to the House. It did pass the uh, Senate, and it will go to the House. It looks to limit those notes. So it no longer wants those notes attached to Bill. Um, and it's important to note that it's rare that that happens. Um, but some of the things that could be in that notes are financial implications, um, legal challenges the Bill could face, as well as um, lobbyist and contribution connections between the sponsoring uh, legislature and the Bill. Um, so those are you know, obviously info you don't want people to be able to see. Yeah, clearly stuff you want to keep under wraps. Um, yeah, what was their justification for all of that? I wonder, that seems like... Uh, <laughs> None was offered. I see. We, uh, deregulation, um, don't tread on me. Jeez, any other number of uh, canned responses for that, you know? I will note I, that it uh, was a party fishy. line uh, vote on it, uh... 18 Democrats opposed, and uh, looks like all 29 Republicans voted in favor. Imagine that. Well, I, um, I really hit the nail on the head there with the don't tread on me then, didn't I? Uh, absolutely, and also know that legal review notes are rare. I think um, less than 
two, three percent of bills have legal notes attached to them. So, but it is important that we have that option, and, and in my my opinion, important that we have that uh, content there. But that uh, said, you can call your your uh, senator about it because it. Oh no, call your congressman because it has already passed the Senate. It's now going to the House. So, call your House District Representative and tell him to vote no on this bill if uh, your views align with mine here. Indeed. Well, other than that. Oh, uh, some good news. We are ending things on a positive note. Uh, last, last note we have here: we are going to allow debtors to drive. It's about time. Um, for anybody that's never been on the wrong side of the legal system, Montana, for as long as I can remember, has had a system where if you do not pay your court fines, and that does uh, I'm not sure if this bill pertains to child support. I will have to look into that. That is a debt. They will take your driver's license because that totally helps you pay fines. Yeah, and uh, you know, keep up on them child support payments. Well, you you absolutely sure should, but I'm not sure if this bill uh, pertains to child support payments. I've read through it, and it's uh, it's a bit unclear. No, I mean like it. it <laughs> are, are we getting into the men's rights thing? Because um, um, we, we're not having those people on because they uh, wasted my time. Uh, unless well, there's it sounded like a, the people you were talking about were not into men's rights for the same reasons that. Um, most people would be, I guess. Well, if I can find one that's uh, not a stooge, um, will and can make coherent sentences and actually know what they're doing, we will uh, perhaps give them a platform. Yeah, you know, because I can understand, like, from the single dad's perspective of, like, you know, um, I'm paying out through the nose for these kids and I can't even see them, like... Uh, like, imagine paying for a wall and then not having it built. It'd be pretty infuriating. That's a good point. Uh, although, uh, to sidetrack, uh, we could just say the wall was built and people like me and you would be none the wiser. Indeed. Well, you know, I'm, I've am i never seen it. Yeah, I, I'm told it's there and it's doing great things and it's huge. So, yeah, that that is a, a different matter. Um, I know we talked about, we sort of dived into men's right a little bit in a previous episode. But uh, to not give them too much time, let's, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if it does pertain to child support. Maybe we'll find that out first. It is, uh, it's in the first house, committee. this bill, um, proposed by Corey Nudson from Malta, a Republican from Malta, or actually it's not written in the notes here. He's from Malta, so I assume he's a Republican. So <laughs> almost like you assume your representatives for Bozeman are Republican as well. Well, I don't know. That one kind of threw me for a loop. I figured Bozeman could have been blue just as easily. Well, they uh, maybe not so much as Missoula, but uh, they attract those uh, high money folk. Uh, oh, Missoula, <laughs> dark blue. <laughs> uh, is it really dark blue? It's more of a God. It's it's a really it's a really bloody blue. I'll say that. <laughs> Bloody blue. Um, it it's, has not been drafted yet, uh, but when it is, uh, coming out of Missoula, we're going to ban those uh, plastic straws. Oh, I heard about that one. That's going to be interesting. Um, you know, when I read up on that the first time, I started to think about all the places that I get plastic items like that from on a constant without even thinking about it, like, you know, plastic straws and stuff. If those all go away, like, what are they going to replace them with? 
the inconvenience is going to cause so many people to just bitch nonstop. It's going to be an interesting month. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> lots of complaining. Uh, as the bill suggests now, what said it has not been in drafted as of this point. So when there is some traction on it and it gets to uh, maybe a committee, we'll discuss it more. Um, it states that it, businesses should not implicitly give you a plastic straw. It says you can still get one on request, but to not implicitly give you one is, I believe, the suggestion here. I saw a video on Facebook a few months ago of a drunk dude in McDonald's demanding a straw from the lady behind the counter, and he ended up uh, assaulting her, and she beat the shit out of him, but it was over a straw because uh, I believe it was in California. Wherever it was at, they had a new law put in place that the straws had to be requested, and they were not readily available out in, like, the lobby area. Uh, sort of the same thing here. Um, yeah, you can take so my it, straws from my cold, dead hands, Bryce. That's Exactly. So, you know, it's only a matter of time now, Jim, before we have one of those videos based in Montana, if not several. If not. So I am not sure why the uh, the sudden hate on consumer straws. Um, people just want it. Well, I mean, more studies are coming out of about all of the plastics they're finding in animals. It's a lot more than we originally thought. And then when you start to think about it, you know, geez, we, we use and throw away quite a lot of plastic stuff. I think it's the microplastics that are uh, getting us. Uh, apparently, it's it, it, plastics never break down, which is uh, or they take a very long time to do so, which is why um, they're such a great material. It's a miracle material, really. Um, so they never break down. They just go into smaller pieces, and it's now making its microplastics are making their way back up the food chain. Yeah, um, through the way of eating, which, geez, must suck for sea turtles and stuff to take a big mouthful of plastic for breakfast. But then, you know, before, you know, we'll be taking a big old mouthful of uh, plastic sea turtle for breakfast ourselves. I've never had sea turtles, so it'll be a new Me either. Well, by the time you do, it just may be a plastic one. Well, might as well just skip it and just buy a plastic sea turtle. That's all I had in the docket here, so that's going to conclude our episode 17 of Montana Voices. Uh, supposed really to be... quick before we head out, it's still a ways out, but I just got invited to it on Facebook, so I wanted to do a shout-out early on here for it. Um, March 29th, coming up here at the Back Alley Pub in Great Falls, we have the uh, Pub of Doom um, festival, so make sure that you check that out. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Put on by the Erosion Festival people. It's got a lot of great stoner metal to it, I guess. Um, it's got a couple Montana-based bands there, though. Well, I sure hope so. Well, that's March 29th. Uh, and a special day of some sorts? Uh, it is a friend of mine's birthday, but specifically they have this show going on called The Pub of Doom, which is supposed to be for doom metal happening at the Back Alley Pub. So it uh, looks like they've got three bands from uh, Montana and a band from Oregon. The bands from Montana are Arcaren Thodol of Bozeman, Montana. Never heard of her. Uh, Death Trophy, also from Bozeman, so they must be pretty admirable, I'm guessing. And then Jolly Jane from Missoula. So um, 
hoping they probably have some uh, upbeat tunes uh, well, as well. <laughs> upbeat doom metal. I like it. Yeah, it says they are grind punk doom. Um, Death Trophy is punk supersonic polka, and uh, Mrs. Thodol is atmospheric black metal uh, slash lower grind. I don't know what lower grind is. These I'm not sure what punk are getting polka is, but uh, the, the, the list is sounding more intriguing as as we go on here. You know, back in the uh, late 90s, it was just called rock and roll. And we've got all these genres. That's uh, Librarians are hard at work. Well, um, I suppose it would be a good idea to attach our business matters uh, informally at the end here, and we'll go ahead and wrap up episode 17. Indeed, you probably get a good point there. Um, You're probably already there right now listening to this as we speak, but if not, our website, as always, montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to reach out with us with any questions or concerns, uh, quarrels, if you'd like to be on the show even, uh, you know, reach out to us. Our easiest method is going to be through our email, which is montanavoices at gmail.com. You can hit us at our Twitter account. Our handle is at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook account is at Montana Voices Podcast. Our Twitch will be up very, very soon. Uh, folks, I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am here. I uh, should be popping in within the next week or so. It's going to be twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. And then just search Montana Voices Podcast on YouTube and it'll probably show up. Thanks for listening. Yep, we'll uh, see you next week there. Be sure to tune in again. <laughs>